Hello, everybody. Welcome back to I Want to Be A here on LJN Radio, where we speak with professionals in a variety of industries and fields to give you tips and the inside track on these particular positions. I'm your host, Tim Muma. Now, this is part two of I Want to Be a Sports Anchor with Lance Allen of WTMJ-TV, which is the NBC affiliate in Milwaukee. So far, we've talked about how Lance got interested in this arena in particular and the processes involved in landing a job. Now we pick up the discussion talking about his day-to-day work. Now, you know, obviously we talked a lot about the, the process of it and the kind of the, the technical side of things. I guess for people that are listening, maybe walk us through your what would be maybe sort of a typical day. I know things change, breaking news happens. Right. You know, uh, obviously in the sports world, maybe not as much as in the news, but still happens. Um, just so people like, get an idea of, of what goes on on a day-to-day basis and, and maybe what your hours are like, uh, sure. that kind of thing. Because I think it's important to hear that whether you really are thinking about doing it or you haven't thought about it at all. Um, just just your ideas and what happens on a day-to-day basis. Sure. Um, sports-wise, and I can speak more you know, from a oh, position of knowledge yeah. from that, but, but yeah. I, I can talk in general about news-wise as well. Uh, sports-wise, because it's become even more specialized and there are fewer jobs available, right. a lot of times, when I first got to Milwaukee 15, 16 years ago, a lot of times when you anchored, you anchored, and okay. you didn't have to go out and report. Well, now I almost say that my Milwaukee training uh, or I should say my Rhinelander training has helped me with what I do now in Milwaukee. It's okay. literally come full circle, if you know what I mean. Basically, in Rhinelander, we did everything. Shoot, edit, report, write. You were there. We've done, we, you know, obviously that that's in a smaller place or a smaller venue. That's what you have to do. You kind of have to take the bull by the horns and do everything yourself. In Milwaukee, we have a union uh, shop as far as photographers go. So we can't pick up a camera and we can't shoot. But since I've been here... Uh, we used to have a person where you handed them a sheet and they would do your graphics, your name supers, your full screen graphics, your scores, right. all that stuff. Now we do that ourselves. And like I said, on a day when I anchor, a lot of times, not every day, but a lot of times I will go out and report maybe, you know, the Bucks have a shoot around in the morning or the Brewers have a workout in the afternoon or mm-hmm. things like that. And then you also have to anchor the 5, 6, and 10 o'clock shows. So a lot of times you're, you're, uh, you're the anchor. You're the reporter, you're the producer, um, and there are even occasional times where you're the editor as well. A lot of times we have editors at the mm-hmm. station, but there are times where I've got to jump in an edit bay and do that as well. So essentially, it's come full circle where it's almost like I'm back in Rhinelander with the exception of, of shooting video. Right. No, and I think it's very important for people to hear that, that versatility piece of it and that yeah. the more you can do, you're yeah. making yourself valuable. And right. as you said, it's kind of come full circle. Well, for and look, at what, look what's happened in a number of jobs. I mean, not that you want to farm yourself and be all things to all people, but I think employers are looking for jack of all trades mm-hmm. in a lot of different in- industries. Sure. And yes, there are people who are better at, let's say, writing scripts than they are at, at um, you know, editing video or, or in, as far as my business goes. But I think the more that you have, the more tools you have in your tool chest, I think the more employable you are and right. the more that an employer really looks at you. How about hours? Because people ask about this. You yeah. know, obviously, it can change depending yeah, on when news breaks, that kind of thing. Uh, I guess what sort of what would you sort of offer up there to people listening? I tell people flat out, I mean, and this is the one scary thing. I try not to scare people. Right. I try to be I'm, – I'm more of an optimistic person, as you well know. But the one thing that I found out with a wife and three kids is it's not a family-friendly business. Mm-hmm. And I'm always – it is. it's always interesting to me, and, and Tim, you were there – 
obviously at, at one point being an intern and, and learning the business where people, especially sports wise, come into it and they go, oh, I got to work weekends mm-hmm. and they and they don't want to give up their weekends. And I'm like, you know what, then you probably should look into something else right. because even news wise, like, yeah, there's some news people who work more of a Monday through Friday shift, but even news things happen on occasion or occasionally. And especially sports wise, if you love sports and have a passion for it, and I do, to me, the pluses still outweigh the negatives by far. I love what I do. I love the events that I cover. I like the people that I work for. So to me, it's worth it because occasionally, yeah, I have to go to Madison on a Saturday and cover a Badger game, go to Green Bay or, or travel on the road and, right. on a Sunday or NCAA tournament because we're in that that time of frame of the year, at least currently when we're taping this interview. Um, and a lot of people would be like, oh, you got to work a weekend and cover a game. <laughs> no, I'm never going to complain about that. I'm never going to cry about sure. that. But I think if you're in that family atmosphere and you're in that stage of life, it does get a little more difficult. My mm-hmm. wife and I like to say it's like juggling fire sticks and not getting burned. You just try to keep the, <laughs> you know, keep things moving and whatever. And you also hit on a good point um, where there are days where you know you might be at Bucks practice or Bucks shoot around at ten ten thirty in the morning, and because I'm the main sports anchor, right. I usually leave the station between eleven and eleven thirty approximately. So you can do the math right there. There's there's some twelve hour days involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, sp- specifically today, the day that we're taping today, the Badgers play essentially at eleven thirty this morning. And I'll probably walk out the door at 11, 1130 tonight. And the other thing that I just mentioned is nights. Right. Um, a lot of people are used to more of a nine to five schedule. And not that I stay up all night and I make sure that I get up in the morning now. I don't sleep the whole day away. But some people can't get used to the fact that they're not home for dinner at night or and, you know, God bless my wife. She deals a lot of times with the homework and, mm-hmm. and getting my kids ready for bed and doing this and that. And by the time I come home, everybody's out for the count. So I obviously I make up for it when I'm off. I try to be off barring breaking news in the mornings. I get up at seven o'clock in the morning because my kids are on the bus at eight o'clock in the morning. But that is a huge factor, especially if you want to have a life, so to speak. Sure. I mean, not that, not that, you know, what I get to do is fun. And I'm not going to say that I'm never going to be a martyr for what I do because <laughs> I'm always the type of person that says, if you complain about what you do, you probably should find something else to do. I mean, everybody has difficulties in right. what they do, but, yeah, but I, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, you're, I think you're trying to express it in the best way possible. That Correct. You're not really, like, complaining, oh, my gosh, this is the worst because of all the, the positive right. sides. You to just it, need to be prepared for that. Right. And it, it exactly. always shocks me, like, and you were obviously uh, an intern for us at, at Once Upon a Time. I mean, it always shocks me when you'll always get – like one intern a year or or somebody occasionally that'll be like, oh man, you guys work a lot of hours or oh man, you guys work weekends. And it, it always kind of surprises me. I guess yeah. it's better to learn that before you get knee deep into it, yeah. but it always shocks me. And that's that's part of why we wanted to do this type of show is just give that up front. And right. If you're still interested, if you still love it, definitely right. hop well, into that. And to follow up on that, Tim, it's it, and you've probably gotten this as well, it is a great job. You get to meet a lot of cool people. You get to be at a lot of events that people are talking about. Mm-hmm. And it does seem like you work in the toy department, so to speak. <laughs> you know, it is fun. But the one time when I sometimes have to bite my tongue until it almost bleeds is when people say, oh, it must be nice to have a job where you talk for a living or you only work five minutes a day. Well, you, <laughs> you've worked and, and, and you, you smile and laugh. I always kind of say everybody thinks that somebody else's job is easier than what it is sure. it, or is easier than theirs. And I'm never going to say it's physical labor, labor, but it's more mentally 
organization, mm -hmm. strenuous stress. Like you got to be at certain places at certain times. You know, I can't go on today and say, Hey, I don't have my badger highlights ready. Sorry. I can't be on the right. five o'clock news. No, you gotta be, you gotta be ready to roll. You have deadlines. And also I think sometimes people, it's kind of like the wizard of Oz. When you pull the curtain back and see what the job really entails, mm -hmm. when you're actually going out and covering stories and putting stuff together, it's a long day. So you don't just talk even though I do talk a lot, <laughs> I, you don't just talk for five minutes a day. There's there's more to it involved than that. Yeah, no, and I've definitely had to you know let people know when I was doing more of that stuff in the past. You know, right, two hours of interviews and video and gets you two minutes on on TV essentially. So exactly, it was kind of yeah. It, I like that you brought that up. It is important to know that. And as you said, everyone thinks that you know someone else's job is a little easier. But uh, I guess you know, obviously you've talked about some of the aspects that you you really enjoy aside you know from the sports necessarily part of it. I mean, in terms of your actual duties and responsibilities. I and mean, what parts do you really, really enjoy that you would suggest to people, hey, this is something you could really love for a career? I still love getting out and talking to people, meeting people, building those relationships. I know that, you know, everybody in this business has different, it's like Baskin Robbins. There's, there's like different flavors right. of what you like to do and what people like and things like that. I'm still at the stage where I get the fact that when, as people get older, they kind of want to have more of a set schedule. So they anchor more. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel like I'm in the middle where obviously I've been around, I've been in the business for 20 years. I've been here for 16 years, but I still want to get out and know what makes people tick. And I want teams and, and players and athletes to know that I'm not just some guy pontificating behind a chair or behind a microphone, sure. that I'm actually out there and I know the inner workings of what's going on. So I like the fact that I kind of get the best of both worlds right now where I get to anchor and be the main person, but yet reporting wise, I'm out there and, and kind of, you know, getting to know people on a, on a more personal level. Right. And actually that, that, that brought up a question that I always had. And I mean, uh, cause I'm still more on the fan side of things than anything, even when right. I was covering some stuff, uh, right. can you be a fan? I mean, when you're mm. local, I mean, obviously success of a team is great. You know, you think of the Packers, especially how, how the fans go crazy, but, uh, I mean, do you have to give up a piece of that if you're going to be a sports anchor? I think in your role, when you put on your reporter's hat, I think you almost have to. Yeah. I, and, and call me a prude. I mean, I know some people now believe in like advocacy in the media where they're like, this is wrong and you need to speak out on this or mm -hmm. this or that. And that almost is more of a news thing than a sports thing. Sure. But still, there's certain people that feel that way in sports where you, you need to have an opinion. And I just feel like TV-wise, you need to be – about as neutral as possible. Obviously, I think people know that I went to the University of Wisconsin. I think I would be doing our viewers a disservice if I went on the air and talked about how great Wisconsin was and waved the pom-poms for the Badgers right. and then kind of either diss or not do things for Marquette. No, I mean, I mean, to me, okay, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. You don't go out of your way to, to bash or rip people, mm -hmm. but you call it as as well as you can see it, and you don't let your personal bias get involved. Now, that being said, I just talked to another college group at Marquette, and I said anybody that tells you they don't have a bias in the media is a liar because oh, yeah. because yeah. everybody to a degree Definitely. does have a bias of some mm. degree. But basically, I just don't feel like we should be on the set waving pom-poms for a team or another one of my taglines is, you know, Ted Thompson and Doug Melvin and, and John Hammond and people like that don't sign my paychecks. Sure. So, <laughs> so, so basically, okay, yeah, I'm not going to go out of my way to bash people just to be provocative or mm -hmm. whatever, but I do think that we have an obligation to tell people this is going right and this is going wrong 
and and to play it as, as as straight as you possibly can. Now, in my off time, yeah, I'm out in the yard shooting hoops with my kids. And obviously, I'm very appreciative of what the University of Wisconsin did for me, mm-hmm. and 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 I feel like that's a large part of why I'm at where I'm at. And I've gone to Badger games and right. things like that. And 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 or I grew up in this state, a you know cheering for the Packers, the Badgers, the Brewers, and the Bucks, and things like that. I mean, I think that's that that's part of why I'm passionate about what I do, and I, and I have fun doing that. But I I don't try to obviously be like a, a crazy fan, so to speak. <laughs> and it's interesting because I think it's less of an issue in sports because especially locally, you know, people want to feel that connection a little right. bit. But, you know, as you said, it, it's there. Acknowledge that there is some bias. The viewers have bias. The listeners have bias. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I do appreciate you bringing that up. Now, I did want to ask this uh, just, again, for informational purposes, sure. the idea of compensation. Um, yeah. If you can give sort of a ballpark in terms of, you know, a starting out point and then you know, the factors that allow you to, to grow in that area. Sure. You know, Tim, every time I speak to an elementary school, I tell them you can ask me anything you want other than how much I make because that tends to be the most popular question. <laughs> Usually, yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> Even fourth graders want to know or third graders want to know. Um, it, Honestly, when you first start off, it's a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll, I'll talk about my path because it gives a little bit of perspective, yeah. and, the, and, the, and the numbers are a little bit skewed because of the years. But when I started in Rhinelander in 1992, I made $12,500, and I kind of sarcastically said I could make more with a four-year t- college degree working at Taco Bell <laughs> than I could, you know. Potentially, at, uh, yeah. Potentially, you yes. You know. I think you could. Yeah. And and I don't know if the I think the salaries are a little bit better than that, you know, in a in a Rhineland right. or whatever. But a lot of times, unless you're really fortunate or unless you really get a huge break, a lot of times you start off at a at a what's considered a smaller market, and you have to work your way up. And when I went from Rhinelander to Green Bay, I had a little bit of a, a bump and a jump in in salary. Uh, I think back then I made between twenty and thirty thousand or something like that. And then you get to Milwaukee, and it depends on. You know, if you're more of a main anchor or a main sure. person, or if you're more of a reporter, I think you know reporters are probably in that you know 30, 40, 50, whatever range, and you get overtime and and compensated beyond that, depending on how many hours you work. To the anchors making a lot more than that, right. and a lot of the anchors are salary, so it's once again you know a plus and a minus. It's plus because you probably make more money right. than the reporters and, and certain other people. But the minus is a lot of times, like, you know, if you do the dollar cost average on my hours, it probably doesn't come out yeah. quite as it's well. It's usually good not to do that. Correct. Uh, <laughs> drive yourself crazy. Correct. And and, and I, I also get the question, Tim, and you appreciate this, that uh, people assume that we make like Matt Lauer money and, you know, yeah. stuff. No, I'm not at that <laughs> level. So, no. That's funny. I always tell people that because even I was doing, you know, and I was just doing Preps Plus, there's not, not even close to, you know, what you yourself do professionally. And I said, if I made as much money as people thought I made, yes. I mean, I, I would be loaded, but yeah. it, there is that, that disconnect there a little bit. So it's good for job seekers to know, hey, right. you can get to a point like that, but right. it, it is a, I mean, it's a, as you said, a labor of love. That's yes, a it good is. way to put it. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're getting a little low on time here and I appreciate, you know, all the insight you've given us um, and, and all the information for no the problem. job seekers. To sort of wrap it up, if you were in the shoes of the job seeker now, what sort of inside info or what would you really want to know if you're a job seeker to, that would really help get a foot in the door or just you know put them to the top of the list kind of thing? What would you really think that they need to know in this instance? Sure. Uh, I would say be ambitious and show people that you're not afraid of work, kind of like what we were talking mm-hmm. about, where you know if, if you determine that, hey, it's at this stage of my life, a nine to five job is not 
what I want and I really want to pursue this. I think you have to go out of your way to show that, that you're willing to show up on weekends, that you're willing to show up and give up nights or come in early and work a longer day um, and things like that. I think that to me always impresses me when we have interns and we have younger people that are willing to, even if they're not getting paid much, if at all, that they're willing (laughs) to obviously do that and, and to kind of be there. And I think it's, it's, basically continuing to work on your craft. I think it's like the baseball analogy, and I know you can relate to this, but the more at-bats you get, the better normally you are. Now, Mm. yeah, granted, and it's sad to see that there are certain people that are of a certain talent level where maybe you get trapped at a smaller market or a lot of times, you know, you get to a certain level and then maybe people don't completely like, you know, what you bring to the table. Like I said, it's Baskin Robbins. It depends on what flavors the management or the bosses like. But I do think that there is something to be said for somebody who rolls up their sleeves, works hard, and continues to improve, whether it's their delivery or whether it's their storytelling ability, whether it's their anchoring, whatever it is, I think the, the best people continue to get better as the years go by. And I'll go back to what you said early on in the interview, too, the idea that you you reached out at a young age to say, hey, whatever I can do right. um, just to get get that practice the and show that work ethic. Right. No I, doubt I about it. I think that's a great part of it. Now, unfortunately, that will do it for us here on uh, I Want to Be A, in this case, Sports Anchor. Uh, our breakdown, really, of what it takes to hopefully be successful and get into the business. Uh, our guest today has been Lance Allen, who is the main sports anchor for WTMJ-TV in Milwaukee. Lance, thanks again for coming in and sort of giving us that inside scoop. We do appreciate that. No problem, Tim. Of course, we'd love to hear from you as well, so email us at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions for any of our podcasts here on LJN Radio. Until next time, I'm your host, Tim Yuma. We'll talk to you later.